You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, Matt Rose has some scorching hot Flames preseason takes. I'm falling in love with the Flames again, George. Okay. Um, also, uh, text in your... Like way too much overreaction for one ten nothing preseason win nine sixty nine sixty. I'm purposely not Name looking at the text lines so that they don't influence any of my okay. takes later. Uh, keep those Usher Usher being named the uh, halftime act at Super Bowl fifty eight in Las Vegas. Uh, Usher coming in from break all they sh- morning. They should have got Bubba Watson to do it. Oh yeah, okay, that was bad. Uh, what wasn't bad was another exciting week in the National Football League. Uh, to talk about it, he did the Seahawks and Panthers game in Seattle. NFL analyst for CBS on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to our friend, Charles Davis. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing really well. Fired up about the Flames now. I mean, heck, 10 10 nothing in in preseason. This is a cup team, no question about it. Jump on the bandwagon now. (laughs) Yes, sir. Before everyone else gets there, before they need the extra shocks. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I heard you say a little bit about Usher. How did it hit you guys when you heard the news about Usher? Yeah, uh, it's one of those things where I'm like, Usher, huh? It's like, okay, like it's one of those things that the more I've thought about it and now we're playing some of the songs, I can kind of get on board with it. I was a little underwhelmed. Charles, but I think I'm getting a little warmer to the idea. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, I'm 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 underwhelmed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like it's like five to ten years too late. I'm totally underwhelmed. I just, you know, for me, I'm just nah. Listen, I'll put it to you this way. My talent can't come close to what he can do. I know that. I'm well aware. I can't, you know, nor would I even try. When I was in high school choir, I was required to be in the high school choir by our choir instructor, Mrs. Bythema Bagley. Yes, that's a real name, okay? (laughs) And Mrs. Bagley scared everyone, including up to and including the superintendent of schools. So if Mrs. Bagley wanted something, it happened, okay? It went down. And my dad taught in the school system, and she went to my father, unbeknownst to me, and said, oh, by the way, your son's going to be in choir. And my father was as smart as everyone else. And he said, yes, Mrs. Bagley. And then she came to me and said, guess what? You're going to be in choir. And I was dumb. And I said, I don't think so. I've got things to do. She said, oh, no, you're in. I need you for your height to balance out my, my, my choir. <laughs> I've, heard you, I've heard you try to sing. You can't. <laughs> but you're going to learn every word. And you're going to lip sync. And the first time I hear a note come out of your mouth, I will beat you senseless. But <laughs> if you do what you're supposed to, which is lip sync and look good, yep. you will get an A in the class. You'll look good in your academics. Everything will be fine. If you try to sing, there won't be anything left of you to play ball. Mm. Are we clear? <laughs> and then I went with the next dumb question was, but my dad, she said, already told him. Didn't say talk to him. Right. Already told him. <laughs> and I promise you, this is a true story with zero exaggeration. Well, I was going to yeah. ask you, were you a baritone or a soprano? That's what I was going to ask you. Like, did 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 not matter. Okay. I was I was I everything I did was in the key of off. 
Okay. He was essentially a mime, George. Yeah. But again, yeah, hey. Yeah, and, and, and I, you know something? Now that you brought that up, that absolutely, now I know. You just did therapy for me. I don't have to go pay money to sit on a couch or lay on a couch. You absolutely solved it. I hate mimes. Absolutely detest them, despise them. If I see someone doing mime, is all I can do to not go over there and beat them senseless. It drives me insane. I see a person doing the mime stuff, I lose it. Marcel Marceau and I would never have been friends, okay? Can't stand these people. What are we doing here? And you come over and start doing that stuff, I want to hurt you. That's how bad it is for me. Now I know where it came from. That she made me a mime. There you go. That's what happened. There you go. Congrats on the breakthrough. I'll send you an invoice. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll punch through the uh, the fake glass wall. It is worth it. It is absolutely worth it. And now that you've said that, I'll try to warm up the usher. All right, let's talk ball. Um, uh, Can you put into context uh, for us what it means for an NFL team to put a seventy burger on another NFL team? No, no, no. Can't put it into context because I wasn't old enough to be around when 72 points were scored. Okay. And that was a championship game. If I remember correctly. All right. It was Washington and Chicago and Chicago scored that in the championship game. And early in the game, Chicago had scored. Washington had the ball. Sammy ball was the quarterback for Washington was a hall of fame player. And he hit a player wide open, and the player dropped the pass. Would have been a touchdown. So just remember I said that, right? Chicago just runs it up on them, all right? I think Washington had beaten them a few weeks earlier, blah, blah, blah. Chicago just destroyed them. They actually, back then, there was no nets behind the goalposts. So when they kicked the extra point, the fans kept the football. And finally, the referee came over to George House and said, hey, uh, George, um, we're out of balls. Like, you know, we can't lose another ball. Would you got mine going, you know, running or passing for the one point? Cause back then you didn't have a two point conversion instead of kicking it. And he said, yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. No problem. So they went ahead and did that. Anyway, after the game, they asked Sammy ball, what if your guy had caught that pass early in the game, what would it have changed? And Sammy said, final score would have been 72 to seven. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh, no. I can't put it in. I can't put it into context because what do NFL people say all the time? There are none of these soft touch games that colleges play, like the biggest college teams, right? They, they typically open the season with people that they can jump on, and we see crazy scores early, correct? Yes. The NFL people pride themselves on, well, you're not playing, you know, Siwash Tech here. <laughs> they just put up points like you played Siwash Tech. Yep. And how they did it, is terrifying to the league because they were pounding Denver and Tua wasn't even particularly sharp throwing the ball. They did it in other ways. And I was reading Peter King's column this morning, and I've been mispronouncing this young man's name as well. I think what all of us have, the, the, the running back at Texas A&M, Devon A-Chain. Yep. He, said, he told Peter King in his column it's actually A-Chan. Oh. So I think we're all going to have to make the move, considering how he played yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to get it right. They were frighteningly good in terms of what they did. And I realize things can pile up, and we've seen that, where, where things can get out of hand. We've not seen it get out of hand like that, have we? That no. was off the charts yesterday. And so now you're sitting there saying, 
Do you really want to deal with them? Well, yes. Buffalo says, yes, we do. Because Buffalo's playing really well on defense right now. This is going to be fun. And back in the old days when we had those great writers, the Grantland Rices and the Ring Lardners and everyone else, you know, outlined against a blue-gray sky, you know, all that stuff, they would say this would be a, a matchup of the immovable object and the irresistible force. This is going to be fun. I'm telling you, my partners, my, my colleagues, Jim, Jim Nance, Tony Romo, Tracy Wolfson, they should be jumping up and down the game that they're going to have this weekend. Buffalo, Miami. And by the way, Buffalo's won nine of the last 10 against Miami. Uh, it's going to be incredible. Uh, Charles, I'm fascinated with what sports talk radio sounds like in Denver this morning. Like, what, what's the oh, most alarming oh. point? The part that, you know, you gave up a 70 burger or maybe that your team quit on your brand new head coach in a game. Yeah, I think all of it. And then let's go to a third part. What was the big story out of Denver in the offseason after Sean Payton is going to fix Russell Wilson? It was Sean Payton saying, boy, everything you guys did around here was terrible. Yeah. Lousy coaching. This was bad. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to fix it. And you look up and you're 0-3. Two games you should have won. Right? Absolutely. You look at it and you go, yep, they should have won the first two. This one, you had no chance of winning, but you're 0-3. Yeah. And somewhere in Nathaniel Hack, it's like, look, <laughs> things aren't going so great in New York, but we didn't give up 70. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, he, he's like, that's all I got right now, but we didn't give up 70. Uh, that's, I mean, that's part of what's going on in sports talk radio. Yeah, absolutely. The first two things you said, but let's be honest about it. When you put yourself out there, and Sean Payton, obviously a very confident guy and reason to be, he has the skins on the wall. But 70, that's a tough one. That's a real tough one to bounce back from. Fortunately, you know who they play this week? Have you seen the biggest match yes. of the league this week after Buffalo and Miami? Yeah. They play the Bears. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Somewhere the scheduling gods went, I know what I'm doing. Right. All right, man. You know, we got this, all right? We're going to give you this game, and everyone is going to be interested, even though it's a lousy matchup, but something's got to give. Can Chicago get off the deck at all? Can Denver recover from what Miami put on them? And by the way, both had hopes this year going into the season. Chicago yep. thought they could battle to be 500. Denver, of course, thought they could battle to get into the playoffs. Um, I, I know I, I kind of wanted to ask you this question, Charles, and it's it's a bit of a loaded one, but when I look at what Sean, and I know it's only three games, and I know there's still a lot to do. When I see uh, what Sean Payton's done so far with the Broncos and what Bill Belichick has done so far with the Patriots, I just, I just it sticks in my head like, you know, show me a great coach, I'll show you a great quarterback. But yeah. is the sheen off a little bit off both of those guys and their reputation with what they've done. And I know it's a small sample size in New yeah. Orleans, but is the sheen off yeah. since they've lost, they don't have their Hall of Fame quarterbacks anymore? I think the the, the sheen is not totally off because everybody's going to be very cautious with this. You know, the rumors of their demise is greatly exaggerated. Right. Like take, like take New England, for example. Yeah, they caught a break with Aaron Rodgers and you get Zach Wilson instead. But a game they absolutely had to have in a game that many of us, including me, picked the Jets like. Because I looked at the Jets and just said, if not now, I don't know when you deal with New England. They're the most vulnerable they've been in a long time. You, this is your chance to take it. 
And, of course, the Jets just absolutely could not do it because their offense was abysmal again. Flip it over and talk about Sean Payton. First year, going through all this stuff. I think people are going to wait, wait, wait and see before you start shoveling dirt on Sean Payton. It's a little early, but let's be honest about it. Those who don't like these guys, they're sitting in the background with a little smirk on their face, and they're right. enjoying watching this. Because New England has been essentially a 500 team since Tom Brady's been gone, right? Sean Payton without Drew Brees. Okay, 0-3 with Russell Wilson. We thought it would be better than that. Let's just see where it takes us. But I don't think either one of them will ever lose the full shine because I do think the unspoken about everyone is every great coach we've ever had in the NFL, they did have that great quarterback. Okay, they did. Lombardi had Bart Starr. Okay, Hank Stram had Len Dawson. Okay, Dallas Cowboys had, you know, Tom Landry had Roger Staubach. Chuck Knoll had Terry Bradshaw, even though Terry Bradshaw didn't like Chuck Knoll, but they had each other. The great coaches always have that person. In the NFL, especially when we call the modern NFL, I don't know that you can have the great coaching without the great quarterbacking. It's very tough to do. Frank Reich's a terrific coach, I think, okay? Indianapolis and now with, uh, with Carolina. But he's had a different quarterback every year. <laughs> You're not going to win Super Bowls that way. Right. It doesn't work. Wanted to ask you as well, Charles, uh, going into the week, a lot of people were talking about the Cowboys and the Dolphins being kind of the, the tops of the league. And then the Cowboys going to yeah. Arizona and lose by 12 points to the Cardinals. Uh, alarm balls or, or alarm bells or just a, a blip on the radar here for the Cowboys? I think we're going to find out if it's a blip. I, I wouldn't go alarm bells yet, but Arizona for all the joking we had, and I think we had a conversation about mm-hmm. were they tanking? And my opinion was it's not a full on tank, but they weren't exactly killing themselves to be great this year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because they were willing to go, you know, they're willing to accumulate these draft choices. Can they go one and two in the draft, et cetera, et cetera. But I did say, and I'm feeling good about this one, and I said it then, and now I get the hold to it. Getting Josh Dobbs was an upgrade at quarterback, not a white flag instead of playing um, was the young man out of Texas who's been around forever. Colt McCoy. Because remember when they cut Colt McCoy mm-hmm. and they brought in Josh Dobbs, a lot of people thought, oh, my God, they're really – I said, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> Josh Dobbs at this stage of his career is a much better option than Colt McCoy. That is not a move to tank. That's a move to make your team better. And we found we found evidence of that on Sunday, didn't we? Do you think Brandon Staley saved his job with that? Uh, well, I guess it wasn't him, but with that interception in the end zone late, do you think he saved his job for at least another week? I don't think he was going to get fired on this one, mm-hmm. but he's going to put himself in some major peril because he is really determined to stick with, I'm going to go for it no matter what. And I just think he was fortunate yesterday. He, he That wasn't any type of a brilliant move. And, hmm. you know, boy, this really, really, oh, that Brandon Staley, he was just lucky. And, and I'm, I, you know, if I were sitting with him and he asked me my opinion, I'd say, I think you were just lucky. Hmm. Because he would tell me how it was rooted in, um, you know, I, love, I like my offense. We had the right play call. I wanted to show them confidence. We had, it was a four-point game, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was a four-point game. So punt it away and play defense and make them score a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, it's not a field goal game. 
okay, where you were just going to get it's a four-point game. I'd play a little more field position there. That's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. But he does it all the time. He sticks with it to a really, really stubborn extent. And let's go back to a couple of seasons ago against the Raiders in the game that, you know, winner goes to the playoffs. He didn't go. He went for it deep in his own territory. Didn't get it. Raiders got a field goal. And what was the ultimate margin of that game? There you go. Slight. Yeah. So, that, that, that's all I'm saying is, look, I get being aggressive. I get the analytics are different. I and Eagle and I talked about that yesterday on our broadcast, mm-hmm. that the old two-point chart has its roots with a coach named Tommy Prothrow. Tommy was a great coach in college at Oregon State and UCLA, coached the Rams in the NFL. He started the two-point chart. Dick Vermeil took it to art form, okay, and it became the gospel chart. That chart's obsolete in terms of when you use it because back when those guys did it, that chart was break glass <laughs> in case of emergency. You only went for two when you had to. Mm-hmm. You didn't remember the old don't chase points early. Mm-hmm. It's not like that anymore. No one, when I say no one, analytics will tell you best time to go, not go, so on and so forth. It's not the same chart. You can use it, but you're not just waiting for the last second to use it. And that's where things have changed. And for Brandon Staley, his math has changed. I admire his conviction. I would question a good number of the decisions about when he decides to go for it. The Vikings are now 0-3. It was really a battle of which coach could lose this game. Now, one of my favorite rumors over the last couple weeks has been, hey, Vikings are 0-3. Zach Wilson doesn't have it in New York. Kirk Cousins to the Jets, Charles? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Come on. I don't I don't think that's a great move for the Jets, especially in season. Is it an upgrade? Yes. But did you see how the Vikings lost yesterday? Yeah. They they couldn't get a playoff at home. Yeah. Why didn't they down it? Like why didn't they spike the football Charles? To. That that was what everyone was screaming from the bench and it didn't happen. <sighs> And like he says, oh, we didn't get the play in from the coach. It was so loud. Like Kirk doesn't have the awareness just to spike the ball. Like he didn't know to do that. Which which goes right to the next question that that shouldn't have to be a call from the bench. That's situational awareness, understand what goes on. Bum Phillips, remember him, the coach of the the Houston Oilers? Oh, yeah. And, you know, Bum had a lot of those great sayings, and, you know, he's so country, and we always laugh. But if you sat and examined him, Bum knew his ball. Okay, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Passed it on to Wade and Wade Sun West. Anyway, Bum used to say, there's nothing worse as a player. having. There's nothing worse than having a player who does everything that you tell him to do and does nothing that you tell him to do. Hmm. In other words the best ones know when to break the rule, right? The best ones know when to go. Troy Polamalu could have been, might, might be the greatest example of that because there were always rules in their defense about what to do. And all of a sudden, Troy Polamalu was diving over a pile and sacking a quarterback, and no one saw it coming. He had such instincts and conviction about what he was doing that he was allowed that, that, that latitude within their defense to do certain things. Would some of his gambles not pay off? Sure. But more of them paid off than they didn't, so he earned the latitude to do it. The best players know when to break the chains and break the rules. 
you got to know that, well, I can't rely on the play call. <laughs> I got We got to spike it. It just has to happen, you know, and, 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 and that's where I think the hesitancy would come in about if you're the Jets <laughs> because you've taken on a monster contract too. It's a lot going on. But if I'm Robert Sala, my first thing is I'm, I'm, I'm having a meeting with Joe Douglas, my GM, and Woody Johnson, my owner, and saying, okay, where am I <laughs> in terms of how you guys feel about me before we make any kind of moves here? Is playing Zach Wilson because Aaron Rodgers is hurt, am I going to be okay? Mm-hmm. Or do I lose on that one too? Because that draft draft pick still carries an albatross. Those are the questions that he's going to have to have for his people. Because right now you don't see the Jets making a move for anyone. I think they talked to a couple of guys. The rumor is that a couple of guys actually called them, and they, the Jets have not really responded to that. But your alternative right now is – if you decide to bench Zach Wilson, you know who they're going to have to play, right? Tim Boyle. Oh, boy. Ugh. Okay? And I'm not trying to, again, shovel dirt on Tim Boyle. But could you imagine that in New York? Good luck. <laughs> People already losing their you teeth, know? Charles. Yeah. Oh, that was that. No, that was outstanding. I actually saw that. Um <laughs> That, that was on our feed on a commercial during the yeah. game. Somebody said, yo, you got to see this. <laughs> and they got it in from, from our other game. And I was on the floor. <laughs> Absolutely on the floor. Yeah, I was like, that was outstanding. My man was hostile. He was. If, that was, if that didn't scream New York, New Jersey, like just the yep. very picture of him yep. and how angry he was, I'm just glad he didn't stroke out right there on the screen. That dude should have been fixing it and forget about it. Um, Charles. <laughs> well, well, no, well, done, thank you. Well uh, thank you. Uh, Charles, um, I, I did a real life uh, that John C. Riley meme where he looks all puzzled and really like just totally bewildered for like a few uh, shots there in a row. Why did the yeah. Raiders kick a field goal down eight points on third and four with two two thirty left? Like, why did they kick a field goal to go down by five points? We're talking about the Brandon Staley just egregious call. Yeah. What the hell was Josh McDaniels thinking? He he was thinking that he had the three timeouts and he wanted to get the points that he had to have at a certain point then as opposed to later. I didn't agree with that one either. (laughs) I go for the big points first. Well, he was down eight. It was a one-score game. But I'm saying, but what he was trying to do was to get it get the ball back, and score to win. I think it was too much. I think you got to go for the touchdown then and then go for the two-point conversion if you have it and go from it th- go for it there. What was really weird was not only did they kick the field goal, but then they got the call against Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> and next thing you know, you have more time eating up off the clock and you're right back in the same situation. So uh, it was weird. Okay. Yeah. It was weird for a lot of people. I heard, I saw Josh McDaniel's explanation. I get where he's coming from because it actually works when you think about it and take it to the next step. I just don't know that overall it's a decision I would have made. Like, you know, and hopefully I wouldn't have total brain lock on the sidelines. Cause we always say, well, this decision I would have made, 
I could just see myself coaching a team, and all of a sudden, they're like, Coach, what do we do? And I'm like, because all of a sudden, I'm just paralyzed, right? These guys have so much that they're going through, so much information, so many things pulling up, et cetera. Those who can escape the clutter, see it clearly, have that one person in their ear, they're the ones that are typically successful. Josh seemed very convicted about what he wanted to do there. So that part I get. Again, I just probably would have disagreed and gone for the touchdown. Um, how disappointing is that Jags loss yesterday? Very, very. But this is one of those that sounds very college that I'm about to say. You ready? Yep. The Kansas City loss, Kansas City beat them twice. Hmm. They beat them when they went there for the game because a lot went into that game. Okay. They had played Kansas City tough the year before in two ball games, right? Lost by 10 once, seven the second time. Felt like they had missed opportunities. Okay. They had them at home. One of the biggest games nationally of the week, and they put a lot into it. Plus, it was 2,037 degrees out. And even if you're Jacksonville, that's still hot, okay? And mentally, they did not bounce back. You can just tell by how the game went yesterday. Because talent-wise, they're clearly better than Houston. But they did not play anywhere close to those capabilities. I don't think they ever shook off the Kansas City loss. I think the coaches tried. I think everybody gave it a shot. I think the players said all the right things. But it didn't happen. They were still living in the Kansas City week. And so Kansas City actually beat them twice. Charles, from a personal level, were you a little jealous that you did the Chiefs game the week prior to Taylor Swift showing up at a Chiefs game? You don't even want to know, okay? (laughs) But I'm going to tell you anyway, all right? Because your boy is a straight-up Swifty, okay? Okay, let's go. All right, I saw her at SoFi in August, okay? Mm -hmm. And walked out of the place. And the next day, my family and I were sitting around. It was a family vacation. We're sitting around having breakfast the next day. I was still floating from the night before. All right. <laughs> she went three she went three twenty-five. Wow. Three hours and twenty-five minutes with costume changes. About eight costume changes, I'm gonna estimate, that totaled less than fifteen minutes. I'm gonna say around twelve minutes. Whatever she does backstage on costumes, it's like a NASCAR pit stop. You're on <laughs> shoes, you're on hair, you're on the dress, you're on, and she's boom, right back out there. She's unbelievable. The next day, we were sitting around, and someone in the family said, oh, I thought it was great, but, and I went, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we're off doing butts. I said, well, where are we going with a butt? Well, I thought, no. I stopped them. I literally stopped them <laughs> over breakfast. And I said, there will not be a single scintilla of criticism of what we saw last night. I said, hashtag perfection. (laughs) And we're done here. Eat and compliment. That's all we're doing. Eat and compliment. Done. And that's it. So if I'd been there yesterday calling that game, I'm pretty sure I'd be fired. <laughs> but I would also tell you that T squared, as I'm now calling them, mm-hmm. Travis and Taylor. Nice. What they would have been taking, I would have been at dinner with them last night. It, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been a, a subject to an invite or a, I, I was just going. 
<laughs> like, oh, hey, Travis, Taylor, good to see you. Yeah, I'm I'm going. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would have been karma. I would love to sit down. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Oh, oh, again, it wouldn't have been an invite. I I would have just, I just would have been there. Like when they came out, you know, when they left the locker room area, everybody's seen that now, right? Oh yeah, of course. I would have been the, I would have been the third person, like a referee in boxing, (laughs) third person in the ring. I would have been going. Absolutely. And her publicist would have been staring at me. What do you think you're doing? I was like, I was like, there's a question about this. Of course, yeah. I lost my job today. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to dinner. Uh, you were in Seattle for the Panthers and the Seahawks. Uh, it was pretty loud in there. Hey, what was it? Eight false start penalties for the Panthers in this game? Yeah, yeah. The the, the record for Seattle at home, obviously at home, duh, right? The record I think is eleven. And they got to eight yesterday. And poor Ike Aquano, the, the left tackle, second-year left tackle, who's going to be a good player. He had three, Ooh. and I think two in a row, oh. <laughs> maybe even four. Oh. The poor guy, here's my description for it. It just kept happening. Remember Chevy Chase in European Vacation? Mm-hmm. When he couldn't get off the roundabout? Yep. Yes. Hey, kids, Big Ben. Remember that? <laughs> Yep. That's what that's what was happening with them, unfortunately. Because you could see them in their stance. Don't jump, don't jump. Ah, God, trying to get again. That's what it was like yesterday. It just kept going. And, and here was the, the thing that we tried to illuminate during the game. The longer you hold those linemen in their stance, the worse odds you have. But Andy Dalton is trying to audible but he's not, nothing can be audible because the crowd noise is too loud. So everything's hand signal. So everyone's looking and turning and trying to get the hands and what's the play call. And the longer you hold them, the more likely they jump. And that's what happened a bunch yesterday. Where are you going for week four? We're going back to Cleveland. Yes, sir. We got Baltimore, Cleveland. Big divisional yeah, matchup about that. Couple good teams. And, and I know Baltimore's catching a rash for losing to Indianapolis yesterday. Has anyone seen Baltimore's injury list? It's long. Yeah, it's long. Long. It's off the charts. And then Indianapolis' kicker, Matt Gay, just totally channeled Justin Tucker yesterday mm-hmm. and just kicked everything over 50 yards through the post and out Justin Tucker. It's unbelievable what he did yesterday. Indianapolis, excuse me, Baltimore at 2-1 and one with their injury list. I don't think they're getting enough credit. I know that was tough one yesterday at home. Ordinarily, they win that game, but that was just off the charts good. Uh, You're off the charts good, Charles Davis. NFL on CBS, always a pleasure. Um, Let's do it again next week. Uh, Thanks for this, uh, and uh, we look forward to hearing your call next week. I appreciate you a bunch. Thanks a lot. I'm looking forward to it. And, yeah, I'm – Glad I wasn't in Kansas City because I would have been trying to bro- I would have been trying to broadcast the game from the Kelsey box, and I don't think they would have let me in. Great stuff, Charles. Thanks. Take take care. It would have been a cruel end to summer. Be yeah, good. That's great art. Well done, Charles. You always fill the blank space in my heart. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. He gone. <laughs> I threw it out there. Oh yeah, yeah. good job. Uh, that was super long with Charles, but he's so good. Like you. Something, keep it going, something like. anti-hero. Yes.
Um, straight ahead, you got some scorching hot preseason takes. Yeah, I just wanted to say also, um, I'm really excited to watch Miles Garrett against Lamar Jackson next week for that game that CD's Okay. Because we didn't have time for it, but like, Miles Garrett. DPOI? Yeah, everyone's talking about TJ Watt and Micah Parsons, but Miles Garrett's having an incredible season too so far. He's just toying with people right with now, and he's Browns. dominating. Yeah. What if he gets serious? He's fiery too. What if he gets serious? Yeah. What if? Yeah. Look out. Um, you're red hot. Oh, I got him. Preseason overreaction. No, they're not overreactions. They're okay. takes. They are accurate predictions of what is going to happen this season that have maybe been heavily influenced by one 10 nothing preseason victory over a team that represents an AHL squad. Um, we'll do those next. Or uh, hot shoot, takes. Shoot you your text in as yes, well. Uh, 960-960, name and location. You're like way much too overreaction for a 10 nothing preseason win over essentially an AHL team. But whatever, it's still a 10 nothing beatdown. We'll do that next. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sports at 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, Usher, Usher, uh, going to be the um, Super Bowl halftime show. Charles Davis, not a fan. Yeah, you know what? Uh, as of right now, I've heard enough Usher until the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. The three or four songs that we've played as intros today, I'm good. I'm tapped up. I'm all fooled up. Why does this thing have like the same beats like Christina Aguilera's Dirty? Because it's R&B. It has like and the they same, all have the like, same beat because like, it's R&B. Like, I like how that's the song that popped in your head. Right? But like when he was doing that. It sounds like Dirty. So speaking of which, um, when Dirty came out for Christina Aguilera, the yeah. music video, they had a disclaimer at the I beginning. I know they did. That it was just too damn racy. So, and then you look at it like that's not racy compared to like no stuff today. No, but I did enjoy that video. Well, I know she you was did. very sweaty. <laughs> Mike Williams is feared to have suffered a season-ending injury. Oh Damn no! It. I uh, injuries are the worst in the National Football. This year's been he's so long he always gets hurt. Yeah, but Shoot. it's only a matter of time. Yeah, it's not. only a matter of weeks before Keenan yeah, Allen. Keenan goes Allen down. was again everything that was <laughs> no, lost it's, it's yesterday. Be, we all know it's Keenan's hamstring. It always is. Like, but. Uh, Everything in, in all the games from yesterday, like Keenan Allen's day was absolutely absurd. Nobody's even talking about it because of all like the, the Cowboys blowing it, like Taylor Swift at the game. <laughs> Keenan Allen was an absolute machine 18 yesterday. Grabs for 215 yards. Yeah, 18 <laughs> grabs for 215 yards. He was targeted 20 times. Yeah. <laughs> That's Chargers football, hey, baby. Minnesota, cover him. Brian Flores was supposed to make such a difference there, but the talent in Minnesota just doesn't add. I think, uh, they're, Keenan, throw, Keenan I think they're throwing it to Keenan on this play. He also, he also <laughs> threw a touchdown pass yesterday. He did. Uh, to Mike way. Williams. Yeah. <laughs> to Mike Williams, yeah. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Herbert threw the ball 47 times yesterday. That's not Kirk a recipe threw for success. 52. Yeah. <laughs> and they have zero game awareness. Um, Joshua Kelly, 12 yards on 11 carries. Uh, before we get to uh, Maddie's red-hot preseason takes, uh, let's tell you how we did this weekend. Uh, our NFL bets, our NFL big bets are brought to you by Sports Select. Prove your sports IQ and claim the title with Sports Select pools. Make your picks at sportselect.com. Must be 18 plus. Please play responsibly. Uh, you want to talk about even Steven around the board? Uh, Patty Dumont, <laughs> three and three. Matt Rose, three and three. George Russick, three and three. The standings Matt in first place, 11, six and one. Patrick, 10, seven and one. Me, 10 and 8. We're all above water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not even juiced out either. So that's nope. good. 
So we're all doing well so far in our big bets. A couple bad beats. Um, probably that game should have went over between the uh, Vikings. Yeah, and the I was Chargers. surprised it didn't. Yeah, so both teams kind of got messy there in the fourth quarter. And yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. I loved Washington so much. Uh, even at the bar pool, they were my pick of the week at plus six and a half. Yeah, that one in flames. I thought it would be some more points That defense there. destroyed the commanders. I just needed yeah. a, a commander's touchdown. Yeah, Charles Howell the <laughs> third uh, was not good at quarterback for the commandos yesterday. Sam. Hit three. Yeah, I, I'm well aware. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> hit three of my four oh, under bets. For Charles Howell. Yeah, Charles Howell the third. He played like Charles Howell the third at quarterback nah, yesterday. Yeah, that uh, that was no good for the commandos who got absolutely blown out. Uh, we all got uh, the Charger game wrong. Uh, I like New Orleans. Uh, I snaked that one out. Yeah. Uh, you and I love Seattle. Maddie took the under. It wasn't. And uh, the Monday Nighter. Sunday Nighter. Sunday Nighter, sorry. Monday Nighter, we got a doubleheader tonight. Mm-hmm. Dealers two and a half. Who day? Which is uh, super exciting. Is uh, We don't know if Joe Burrow's playing yet. Still up in the Sounds air like... as of three hours ago from the insiders over on the NHL Network. They were the ones who NFL reported. NFL Network? Yeah, the NFL Network. Uh, Joe Burrow, still questionable. Mike Williams, possibly season-ending injury. Jimmy Garoppolo is being investigated for, or pardon me, evaluated, evaluated for a concussion. <laughs> Jimmy G, dude. Would you, would you yeah. say there's a lot <laughs> of alarm balls around Jimmy there's G's injury? There's a lot injury? of alarm balls. <laughs> Just banging my head against the wall Do you have right that clip? No, 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 you don't. We don't have it yet, I don't you think. You didn't cut it? No, yeah. Well, I, I wasn't able to get it right away. Yeah, it's, it's, we just hit the date part, so we'll roll over. Mm-hmm. He'll have it, don't worry. And then uh, the other thing balls. is that uh, Andy Dalton's got a AC joint sprain, yeah. oh, but it's not. But bad. it's not going to be season ending. Okay, so um, there's a little wrap up. Could be Jake Browning tonight though for the Bengals. They signed AJ McCarron on the Jake off. Browning. Yeah. Who the hell is Jake Browning? Jake Browning's uh, been uh, on the Stampeders, Stampeders negotiation list before. No so, way. Yeah. He was a Vikings. 2021 and 2022, Browning. he was on their neg list. He's never thrown an NFL pass. One of my favorite names as a quarterback uh, growing up was Browning Nagel. What a name. <laughs> Browning Nagel. Yeah, what a name. Hmm. Browning Nagel. That's an interesting name. Yeah. Browning. Tracy Ham was a great one in the CFL. Gizmo Williams. Henry Gizmo Williams. What a <laughs> name. Where do you hear a name like Gizmo now? Or even when Charles brought a bum Phillips. You don't yeah. need too many bums yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, we were just talking about Meet the Fockers last yeah. week. We were. Gaylord well, Fawker yeah, was Gaylord in Fokker. that movie. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Predators used to play at the Gaylord Entertainment they Center. They sure did. They sure did. Um, that was always good for a mature 13-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> no snickering there no, whatsoever. No, nothing. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, Flames of the Big Ten, nothing win. Let's do it. Uh, George has been avoiding this all day. Well, you know how I feel about preseason hockey. Mm-hmm. But again, winning ten nothing is a hell of a lot better than losing ten nothing. Mm-hmm. There's that. Yeah. But I'd be even think people in Vancouver this morning are like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you were at the game last night. Why don't you? Why don't you give us some 40. impressions of the game last night? Some impressions, or do you want some of my scorching red hot takes? Because I can do both, George. <laughs> I like a little mixture of both. Okay. Well, a couple of takes. Markstrom going for the less. Flashy pads this season. You know, last season we kept talking about how the uniforms, he was always matching his pads to the uniforms. Yep. No distractions. Simple laid. Back to basics. White pads, the red trim. Keeping it simple, George. You think he's doing that on purpose because of the uh, the visual? It looks like the five holes open. I but think it's, it's not. just 
Take another thing to think about out of the game. Okay. The same pads, rock them. I, th- I think he looked very cal- calm last night in net. Yeah, yeah he looked big. Two shots for like 15 calm. minutes and was no, able but, to hold up. So. But he did make a couple nice saves. I just mm-hmm. thought he looked really calm in the crease last night. You want a Jacob Markstrom hot take? Sure. Jacob Markstrom is going to have a hell of a better goals against Davers than he had last year. And you know what, George? Okay. As I look around the Pacific Division, I am ready to state that Jacob Markstrom is going to have the top goals against average in the division. Whoa. You heard it here first. Okay, but how many starts? Doesn't matter. No, it does matter. Minimum 50. Probably like 50. 50? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to have the top goals against average in the entire division. I mean, look at the goalies in the division. I mean, yeah. I, I totally can see it. Like, really, it's it's, it's Vegas, which is it's like a Demko. Meh. Demko's Demko. Demko. Right? Edmonton's got and the Canucks two guys. Defense is not eh. very good. No. Uh, obviously, the California teams like LA's got what, one and a half million for two goalies. For two. Yeah. No. Marshall might be the. I can see it. Okay. I mean, he doesn't. It really, he just has to get back to him being himself again. Really. You want another uh, observation there yesterday, George? Sure. You know, uh, Denny Gilbert from Buffalo. Uh, yep. Our boy. Big number 48 on the blue line. Huge hit yesterday. Gets in a scrap. Bangs his head. Had to go to the quiet room. Not good. But hot take. Dennis Gilbert. 25 fighting majors this season. Oh, that now. He's going to lead the Flames in fighting majors because they don't have anybody else around to do it. Who led the NHL in fighting last season? And how many? 25 fights? Yeah. Real scrappy division. Hey, here we go. He's uh, got a fight. He, okay, he's, Nick Delore had eight. 14. Okay, I was going to say eight. He had like a fight every three games that he played last year. And here's the thing. If Oliver Shillington's not playing, you know what he is? He's an everyday NHLer. Okay. 25 I like Bear. I like his physical presence out there. I I agree. I, I, th- think, th- he, I, think, there's, I think there's something to Jenny Gilbert. Yes. I think he can be a regular NHL defenseman. Like that bottom pair NHL defenseman. Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Like six seven guy. Pretty good. Yesterday, George, uh, power play looked good, eh? Looked yeah. real good. First unit zipping it around a little bit. Jonathan my, my Huberto scored a scored a nice goal. Yep, beautiful. I think they're going to be better this year. In fact, I think that the only better power play in the Pacific Division is going to belong to the two guys up north. With the Edmonton Oilers, Flames, twenty-seven point six power play rate this year. Book it. You heard it here first. I think that's high. Twenty-seven point six percent power play or better. That top unit, George, it's loaded. They now have the shot on the offside of Huberdo with Sharon Govich there. Huh? Huh? Okay. All right. I want to believe that. I also did say that if the Flames don't have a top 12 power play, they're missing the playoffs. Yeah, that's not a hot take, though. That's like that's like pretty standard. Like most most teams in the I mean, top that's 12. That's just a well thought out. It's take. just like an observation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know who was really good yesterday, George? Mm. Dylan Dubé. Three points. You know, I barely noticed him last night. Playing on a line with Adam Rzichka, Nazem Kadri. Yep. They were good, especially early on. Kadri was good last night. Dubé, contract year, George. Won the fitness testing again. Of course he did, obviously. Back on the second. Playing on a line with Nazem Kadri. Adam Rzichka was there as well. I mean, to say it, George, 
Dubay, contract year? 25 bingos. 25 goals for Dylan Dubay this season. Playing on the wing with Nazem Kadri. Flying down the wing and beating goalies top shed with that shot off the rush. 25 bingos for Dylan Dubay. Okay. <laughs> That's it? No, it's just I, there's a lot to digest what you just said. Uh, best, second best power play in the division. Mm-hmm. Markstrom, best goals against in the division. Yeah. Dylan Dubé, 25 goals. Yeah. Oh, and Denny Gilbert, 14. 25. 25, which is just an absurd number. I also I think the Denny Gilbert one is the most absurd take you've had so far. And a couple of those are reaching a little bit. Okay, 25 is maybe high. Yeah. I didn't realize that Nick DeLorge only had 14 fights last year. Yeah, that's really high in the NHL today. It's not the 80s. Okay, fine. 15. Okay. Here's another one. Talked about Dubé, talked about Kadri. Adam Razichka, not going to miss a single game as a healthy scratch. Injury, perhaps? This guy's going to be playing in the middle six all wow. season long. Yep. Okay. Because here's the thing. He's going to be on the wings to start, but if one of those three centermen get hurt, who's getting the first call? Your boy, Adam Razichka. Was in the doghouse with Daryl Sutter. Was. Maybe seeing a little bit more here with Adam Hu- uh, Ryan Huska. Chateau Bow Wow. Yeah, yes, Chateau Bow Wow. I like that. Very good. Not going to miss a game as a healthy scratch. Okay. Do we got a couple hot takes we can get to GVP before we say goodbye? Yeah, we got some text. All right. James I like how the bed, they all play I like out how the we same way. Flames on pace for goals and zero. James in high level. Okay. Flames on pace for 820 goals and zero GAA over the regular season. Will that be good? I'd settle for 750 goals and 50 GAA. <laughs> okay. Either way, plan the parade. Yeah, I think it's probably going to go east down ninth and then west down sixth. Yeah, we already had people texting in which streets. They start yeah. at 17th, they said. Seventeen. Oh, you, you can't you do never, a parade down 17th. No, it's too no, tight, no, too no, tight no, down no. there. You spill over to 17th after the parade. Yeah. That's how it works. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. You're only six blocks away from 9th. You're, I guess, 10, 11 blocks away from 6th. But you could do it. Okay. Coronado outscores Bedard this year. Wins Roy. Ooh, okay. Rookie of the year for Who's Matt Roy? Coronado. That's, yeah, I'm kidding. Roy Hobbs from uh, The Natural. Yes. Knights. Um, New York Knights. Yes. <laughs> Where he's just bleeding from inside and then hits a dinger. Hey, Roy, maybe get that looked at before you get up to the dish. You get a little bandage. Just blood is just flying out of his side. Ouch. Yeah, and then he just crushes the lights. Um, I like the nickname uh, Scornado I saw last night on Twitter. Sure I like was. that. Yeah. That's not going anywhere. Or Had it. Had an Had an auto. Had he not Oh, brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> hey. <laughs> this thing still working? This thing's still working, still Man, working today? you've got some gold in you today. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. You're probably was, getting uh, a raise after the show. I was good with Charles and Nick. <laughs> Other than that, mm. <laughs> Hey, sometimes you ground up to first. No, I saw that last night. They were calling him... Hattie, Hattie Scorinato. Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> he does actually have to score a hat trick in the regular season. Yeah, against actual NHL competition. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, don't rain on the brain, Patrick. <laughs> All right, one more text. Yeah, that was not a good goal to any performance. Just in from Rocky Mountain House. Matt Coronado wins rookie of the year and breaks Team Usalan's scoring record Whoa. of 70 goals. 
76. 76. 76 for Matthew yeah, Like one of, the, one of the best celebrations ever where he's shooting his glove. The yeah. goal per game. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Just a goal per game, right? <laughs> um, we got a text, too. No one's talking about the Flames having almost a full NHL roster and the Canucks having an AHL roster out there. We've been literally talking that's about that the whole morning. That's all we've talked about. We're all like very Derek aware was on of it. And said, yeah, they essentially, you know, beat up an AHL roster. <laughs> like, <laughs> here's the thing. You have to have a minimum amount of NHLers that are considered veterans in your roster. Um, they had what? Three? Four? And who are they? Matt Irwin. Okay. Um, Dakota Joshua? I guess. Pia uh, Suter has played yeah, some years Pia in the league. Suter. Uh, I didn't even know well, he was I, I like how excited today. they were about him on the broadcast last uh, night. They kept talking night. about him so much. Like, Pia honestly, like, I don't even think, I haven't even heard of that guy till <laughs> last night. Bottom six centerman in he's Chicago like, while they were terrible. He went to Detroit, Detroit. last year. He was in Detroit yeah. last year. And they're like, he's going to yeah. be great for the penalty kill. <laughs> really, like, good European player. And like, like going to be really good. I'm like, who? Is, uh, like, this is the guy you're excited about? Really? Yeah. Pew like, Suter? What's his name? Puse. Pew Suter. Puse? Yeah, from Switzerland. I oh, think. It's like, oh, the ra- watch out. Watch out, Pacific Division. Here comes Pew Suter killing all those penalties. McDavid and, and Drysidle are just lying in bed going, how are we going to solve Pew Suter this season? He's too much of a penalty-killing wizard. He's Guy Carbono and Cla- Craig Ludwig rolled into one. How are we going to stop Pew Suter? I don't, know. I don't know. He's going to block shots like nobody's business out oh, there. I don't know how they're going to do it. Unbelievable. But they kept talking about it. Well, Pew Suter. Who else do they have on? Um... Nobody. Jack Rathbone? Sure. The yep. goalie played a couple games last year. Sheldon Drees. Atu Ratu is the guy from the. Oh, they're really watching trade. him. They're really talking about him. Niels Hoaglander. Yeah, Atu yep. has got to be better. Jack Studnicka. I think this guy played in Boston for a while. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's got 85 career NHL yeah, games. So, right. so they have about five or six like guys that like fringe NHLers that have played yeah. more than 80 games. Noah Juleson's still in the organization. Oh man, what a bad like first they kept pick. everybody at home. Um, all right, we gotta go. What do you got coming up at Mucho Big? Oh, Show? we got uh, Jamie Nye, host of the Green Zone, talk a little CFL. Jamie Nye, the touchdown guy. Maybe he might be. Okay. Also does some CFL.ca writing. Um, that was your best joke of the day. That one actually made me chuckle. <laughs> uh, GVP, next time I think you should ask to be on the air. I'm just oh, kidding. I'm just kidding. Great job today, everybody. We got through it. Mondays are always busy. A lot of the sports on a Monday. Tomorrow we'll try to do some more nonsense. Um, check out the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. Don't forget your favorite podcatcher. Mucho Big Show with Patty Dumas next. Have a terrific Monday. What? Uh, you can watch the Flames game on their website. It's not on TV. Woo! Oh, okay. All right, cool. Who has the call for that? Do we know? Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson. Okay. The, the radio broadcast. I actually think it will be. I think it is a radio broadcast. Okay, cool. You can listen to it right here on Sportsnet 960. Have a terrific Monday. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.